Well, good morning, everyone. So last week I said, everybody take a deep breath. Ready? Let's do it together. No, 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 no. Just, just, just do this. Do it my way. And when you get up here to speak, then we'll do it your way. You ready? Do this one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Now, don't fall asleep, okay? Rest. Oh, my goodness. You know what? In the, in the interest of rest, we thought maybe we would come up with uh, some T-shirts that we could hand out to everybody. We, tried, we thought of this one. Can you put that up there, please? Can you turn that, please? Does it work? No? Here we go. When life knocks me down, I usually lie there and take a nap. Is that a good one? No? Okay, how about this one? This is, this is like for the young kids. I tired. There's a nap for that. There's an app for that. Get it? Get it? Okay. I, I knew you'd get it. You're pretty smart. Okay, here's one. This is a really good one. This is my favorite. How about this t-shirt? Can't get out of bed. Send help. Or waffles. Just send waffles. <laughs> I like that one. Okay, look it. If you've been here for the last two weeks, you know then that the rest that I'm talking about, whoops, let's go back. You know that the rest that we're talking about is, is, not, is not about getting more sleep. It's not a matter of just getting more sleep. I would say to you that if you have the ability to sleep, then that probably tells me that you are actually in a state of rest. If you're unable to rest, you know, barring some medical condition, it's probably because you have not... Come to that place that God wants you to come to, that place of rest, that rest that is born out of peace with God. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the rest that comes from God. It's a state of mind. It's a state of spirit. It's a peaceful state. And we all know what that is. We've all experienced it at some point or another. Some of you remember clearly when you became a Christian on that day, you felt the weight of the world lift from your shoulders and you felt this tremendous sense of peace. Now the prime example in scripture of people who have lost their rest is in fact Adam and Eve. You hear me referring to them all the time. I always tell you that Genesis chapter 3, the story of Adam and Eve, really is the metaphor that helps us understand this life, why we are the way we are, why we do what we do, why things are the way that they are. So here's what we read. We read that God would walk in the garden with, with Adam and Eve. He was in fellowship with them on a regular basis. That really was what Eden was. It was a place where there was no sin we could call it paradise. It was a type of paradise. It was God's headquarters on earth. It was a place where Adam and Eve, where humanity was in perfect communion with God. There was complete peace. In fact, there was no need for the word peace because Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship to God. But then you know what happened. Uh, Satan came along to Satan. Uh, Satan came along to Adam and Eve and said, "Take and eat the fruits. If you eat it, you're going to become like God." They said, "That sounds like a fantastic idea. We want to be like God. We want to know the difference between good and evil." And on that day that they ate the fruit, they suddenly became aware of the fact that they were naked, and they were ashamed, and they heard God walking in the garden. 
And so they hid. Now you see what's happening. The rest, the peace that they were enjoying is now gone. And Eve says to Adam, we can't go to church like this. We're naked. Hello? This is not good. And so what are they doing? They've gone from a restful state now to an anxious state. They, they hide. They try to fix a situation. Eve says to Adam, quick, get some fig leaves. I'll sew, her, I'll sew us a garment. And they're sewing themselves a garment. They had never experienced this state before. The state of restlessness, the state of having to fix things, of running around, trying to solve the problem, hiding, hiding from God, no less. And God says, hey, what are you, why are you guys hiding? And Adam's wondering, I wonder if God will notice. You ever think that? I wonder if God will notice the state I'm in. We come to church and we know that people may not notice, but we know for sure that nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. And so here's Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, they, they've lost their rest, and that's just the beginning. They've not just lost the internal, this is really important, no, they've not just lost the internal rest, but now they're about to experience it externally. And they're evicted from the garden, and now their family's in turmoil. Then by chapter four, as you know, and as I say all the time, we see their one son murdering the other. They have lost their rest completely. They have no rest. Their kids have no rest. Nobody's got any rest. They've got an absolute disaster on their hands. They disobeyed God, and now they're in turmoil. They're restless. They're agitated. They're hiding. They're at odds with one another. They're blaming each other. They're taking matters into their own hands. By the way, does this sound like your household? Does it sound like your marriage? Does it sound like what it's like at your house? Everyone's agitated, restless, everyone's fighting, they're arguing, they, they hate each other. Sisters screaming at her brother, I hate your guts, get out of my sight, get away from me, don't touch me, don't look at me, don't, I don't even want to smell your breath, get away from me. This whole family, they've lost their rest. Now I'm going to tell you this, every time you and I disobey God, every time we go against God's will, we become more restless. Did you know that? You show me somebody who's restless. Show me somebody who's wandering around who can't be still. Show me somebody who's talking about all their great plans for the future. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other thing. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm going to show you somebody who has not found their peace, their rest in God. We'll have no or little happiness. And in fact, we will begin to exhaust the people around us because of the restlessness and the wandering and the, the lack of happiness and peace that people around us have. People who don't know Christ, here's what they do when they're feeling restless and agitated. They go party. Because if I go to a party, well, then maybe I'll be happy. I'm not happy yet. I'll throw a few back. Now I'm a little happier. And maybe I'll have a few joints. But now I'm depressed I'm hungry, but I'm not happy. I don't have peace. I can't tell you how many times over the years people have come to me and they said, Pastor, I can't take it anymore. I said, what's that? I can't take the parties. I said, you mean where there's lots of fun and laughing and joking? Yeah, I can't take that anymore. Why is that? Because it's not real. 
You know, I feel worse the next day. I go, hoping that maybe this time will be different, but I come home and I'm not happy. I have no peace. Here's the thing that I want you to realize right now. God wants you to have his rest today. He wants you to have it now. But here's what you need to understand. If you're gonna have the rest that God wants you to have, if, you, if you're gonna have that peace and that, that joy that comes from being at peace with God, then you're gonna have to respond to him. You're gonna have to learn what it means to respond to God right on the spot. So I'm gonna ask you today, are you gonna take hold of this rest? Because here's the good news. The good news is this. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Did you hear that? God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Now, there's, there is a, a theological movement that's called universalism, which says everybody's going to be saved, and so that kind of thinking, that kind of theology cancels out a verse like this, but I'm going to tell you, scripturally, God is calling us to respond to him, and he calls us to respond in the moment. Not later, not tomorrow, not next year, but now. I can remember my brother saying, you know what? I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be a Christian right now. I've heard that so many times. I'm going to tell you that for so many people, it doesn't end well. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience. Listen, I'm going to tell you this today. You don't want to fool around with this. If God is speaking to you, if God is, is poking at your heart, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I talked about the Spirit of God poking at your heart. Anybody experience that? Just a few of us here. There's three of us. Anybody else? If, you're, if you don't want to raise your hand, just nod. I won't be writing your name down. You know what I mean? When the Spirit of God's prompting you, and you just, you just know, man, I got to respond to this. But the problem is that so often we don't. And the writer of Hebrews says, we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience God's rest. And so many people do. I know so many people who have, at some point or another, they've come forward in church, they've asked Jesus into their heart, or they became a Christian at home, or they listened to a TV preacher, Billy Graham, or whatever, and their hearts are far from God today. What happened? They, uh, they didn't respond to God. after that initial response. How do we fail to experience his rest, people? I'm gonna give you a great big word that everybody here knows. Are you ready for it? Starts with a P, ends with an N. Pro, pras, you still don't know? <laughs> Pro, cras, let's say it all together, ready? Procrastination. This is what we're like. This is who we are. We are procrastinators. 
we put it off. God speaks to us. We feel a prompting in our heart. We come to church. We hear the message. We think, oh, that's good. I got to do that. But the minute we get outside, oh, there's a coffee. I need a cup of coffee. There's what's his name? I have to talk to him. And the next thing you know, we've forgotten everything we just heard. Failing to respond to the promptings of God is what gets us into trouble spiritually. And I'm going to show you in just a few moments the many ways that God speaks to us. Isaac, did you know that God speaks to us in at least four different ways? I'm going to share, with that, share that with you in just a moment. God speaks to us and he expects us to respond to him right at that moment. We call it now. We call it today. I'm going to tell you that now and today are two of the most spiritual words in the Bible. If you and I are going to know the power of a living God at work in our lives, then we need to understand the power of now and today. Now, I'll never forget my first experiences of responding to God. My first the first time I really responded to God when I was eight years old. I was in the boys' club. The preacher was there, and he was telling us about Jesus. And, he, and you've heard me share this before. And he said, does anybody here want to give the heart to Jesus? And I felt my heart pounding like this. How many know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You have to say amen or something, because I can't really see you that well with these lights so bright. You know what I'm talking about? My heart's pounding like this. And so I just jumped to my feet because God was speaking to me and I wanted him at that moment. And at that moment, I experienced the power of God at work in my life. Something began to change. And I remember getting in the car and telling my mom, and my mom said, you have to tell your dad as soon as you get home. I thought I was in big trouble. <laughs> Turns out, my dad grew up in a Christian home and it was exactly what he needed to hear. Then at age 10, you know, if, when, you're, when you're a kid at that age, you don't really, you know, don't really have an outlet for your faith. And so what happens is that your faith can grow cold. But guess what? It doesn't just happen when you're 8. It can happen when you're 28 or 48 or 58 or 68. And some would say, yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying. And so by age 10, I knew already from at 8, 9, and 10 years old, I knew that my life was not where I needed to be. And thank God for that boys program I was in because we had another pastor speaking to us. And he said, some of you boys, you gave your heart to Jesus, but you're not serving God. You need to get your life stirred up with God right now. And if you want to, I want you to stand to your feet. And I felt my heart going like that again. It's like, shut up. Stop pounding like that. I'm sweating. I'm, oh my goodness, 10 years old. I'm spots in my arm because I'm so nervous. I stood to my feet. I responded to God. I started to cry. And I responded and and God filled my heart again in a fresh way. At age 11, I was at camp. My sister said, Alan, when you go to camp, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So I had no idea what that was, but I knew it meant more of God. So I first chance I had, I got up there and I said to the I said to the camp pastor, I need to be filled with the Spirit. He said, no problem, just kneel down there, start praying, start asking, and boom, I felt the presence and the power of God at work in my life. At age 15, I was given the opportunity to teach Sunday school and to, to be a camp counselor, and I could have been hanging out with my kids. I could have gone to the lake. I could have gone and done vacation with these people and those people and the other people. I could have been earning money with my dad, but God spoke to me, and I said yes to God right on the spot, 
And God began this process of transforming me and revealing himself to me so that I was prepared when he came to me again and said, Alan, I want you to go into the ministry. And I said yes to God right on the spot. You see the pattern here. When God speaks, you say, yes, Lord, today, not tomorrow. You say, yes, Lord, now. Now, yes, excellent, I'm hearing that, way to go. Now and today are two of the most spiritual words in the Bible. Each time I said yes to God, right on the spot, because I was afraid of what? I was afraid, well, let's look at this scripture verse here. No, this is it here. I was afraid that I might fail to experience what God had for me. I might fail to experience what God had for me. Some of you today have failed to experience what God wants for you because you didn't say yes when it was today. Are you getting what I'm saying here? You didn't say yes to God when you had the opportunity. Now, here's a wonderful thing. The writer of Hebrews says God's promise of entering his rest still stands. And so the next time you hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the next time you hear God speaking to you, what are you gonna say? Yes, Lord. You're not gonna say, Lord, I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Lord, I'm a little tired right at the moment. Lord, I was actually gonna watch American Idol, even though it's garbage this year. I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't have time at the moment, Lord, but I'll get right to it when I have the chance. Listen to what Paul, or the writer of Hebrews says in chapter four, verses six and seven. It says, so God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Do you see what's happening here? We lose out on God's rest whenever we disobey. Whenever we don't say yes. If you say no, then the Bible's clear, you miss out on God's rest. And then we look at that next verse, verse uh, 7 of Hebrews 4. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Every time you say no to God, every time you don't respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, you're hardening your heart. You're saying, God, not today. God, I don't have time for this today. God, I don't have time for you today. God, let's, let's pick up another time. How many know you can't, you can't tell God how to do his godding? You can't tell God how to do what he does best. God knows the very moment that you need his direction, his guidance, his input, his help. Did you get what I'm saying here? When God speaks to you, he knows it's because you need it at that very moment. Not later, not tomorrow, today, now. And so the children of Israel, you remember we, we talked about this, that first batch of, of Israelites that came out of Egypt, those, those slaves that came to the very border of the, of the place of rest called what? The promised land. And rather than saying, yes, God, they said, no, God, no. 
no, you shouldn't have done this. You did this wrong. This isn't the right day. We need to get we need to get properly trained. We need to raise up an army. We need to get some weapons. We have to buy some horses so we can have some chariots. We got to have a strategy. We got to raise up some generals. You see what you see what we're doing here? We're taking matters into our own hands. We're not trusting God. This is so often how we approach God. We say, God, we will respond to you, but we're going to do it in our way, in our time, when we get ourselves all sorted out. How many times I hear people say to me, Pastor Alan, as soon as I quit smoking pot, I'm coming to church. You can depend on it. And I say, come to church, and when you're done, have a joint outside, but come to church. Come experience the presence and the power of God. God is wanting to do a work in your life. Pastor, as soon as I quit smoking, I'm too embarrassed to smoke. You know what, I'm gonna tell you something. There's no footnote in my Bible that says, come to God when you get yourself cleaned up. You come to God as you are, with all your mess and all your garbage and all your stink and smell. And Come to God as you are. And the Bible says he will in no wise cast you out. Hallelujah. God's speaking to you now. Even now as I'm speaking, there's things that God has been speaking to you about and you've been putting God off. And I'm telling you, it's a dangerous business because he not, might not speak to you tomorrow. Today is the acceptable hour of entering his rest. Remember, rest is not just getting sleep. Rest is peace with God. When you've got peace with God, folks, man, you can do amazing things. You've got power when you're at peace with God and God is working in your life. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Folks, it's not more sleep that you need. It's more obedience to the one who loves you. You've got to learn what it means to say, yes, Lord. So today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. What's God saying to you right now? What's God speaking into your heart? Even as I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and telling you it's time to say yes. No, I don't know exactly what that thing is, but God knows, and most importantly, you know. What's God saying yes to you about, or saying, telling you to do? What do you need to say yes to God about? I'm gonna tell you this. The Jews didn't enter the promised land the first time. And thank God that there is another time for entering his rest, and that's now. That's today. It's 1022, April the 22nd. You're never gonna forget this moment. God's speaking to you and you need to say yes to him. For some of you, you have not been serving God. You haven't surrendered your life to God. And today is the day God's saying, this is it. This is the day you're gonna do business with me, God says, and you need to say yes. You need to yield to him. You need to submit to him. You need to surrender him. You need to say, God, I want you in my life. I'm sick and tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired of sorting this mess out on my own. I'm tired of running around like Adam and Eve, sowing fig leaves and hiding behind a tree and trying to get away from God and trying to get away from my wife and trying to get away from my husband and blaming this. You're tired of that. You want to relax and walk with God. 
That comes from by, by saying yes. Now, our problem, again, is that we procrastinate. We defer it to another day. You Maybe you're thinking like my brother did when he was young. He said, I'll, I have all the time in the world. I'll, I'll make my peace with God another day. I'll enjoy the pleasures of the world for a while, and then I'll return to God. Let me go and have fun with my friends. Let me go and, 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 and try getting drunk a few times and getting stoned a few times. Let me take a few hits of this, that, and the other thing. And then I'll come back to God. How many people I know today who are hooked, hook, line, and sinker, because they thought they had another day? Or maybe you're like the guy who says, hey, as long as I'm a Christian, I can do whatever I want. What false religion that is. What a lie that is. I'm gonna tell you the very essence of what it means to be a Christian is that you are obeying God. You're doing what God tells you to do. I know so many people who say, you know what, I said a prayer, I asked Jesus into my heart, I'm a Christian, now I can just do whatever I want. No, you can't. You have to start doing what God tells you to do. This is what it means to be a Christian, is that you follow Jesus, you do his will, every time. And I'm gonna tell you this, if you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of Christ, then you should be expecting to hear from God every day. I hear from God every day. God speaks to me every day. He tells me, Alan, you have to do this, you have to do that, stop doing this, stop saying that, stop having that attitude. And most of the time I'll say, yes, God, and then sometimes I'll forget, and then I'll need the Holy Spirit and Sarah to remind me. Some of us will just say later, I don't feel like it right now. God, can I just do my devotions later? Can I, can I just, I just, I need to watch uh, the prices right for a while. And then, I, I just, I just gotta, I got, Facebook is waiting. Facebook is calling my name. I'm getting, a God, as I'm sitting here speaking to you, I'm getting reports from Facebook. Someone just shared a memory, just shared a thought, shared a this and shared a that, and updated this and updated a picture and I shared a picture. Who cares? Hello? What you want to do, folks, is you want to hear the voice of God and shut out every other voice so that you are only hearing the voice of God. There's a time for Facebook. When you're in the can. That's even vulgar for me, sorry about that, but really that's, that's where it belongs. Except for those who are being helped by God through that. Hey, did you, I wanna, I wanna point something out to you. Did you notice that when Adam and Eve were talking with Satan, and Satan gave them a proposition, eat the fruit and you'd become like God. They didn't procrastinate. They said, they made a decision right on the spot. Wouldn't it have been good if Adam and Eve said, you know what, I gotta go talk to God about this. Can we just, can you just, just hold that thought, snake? We're gonna go talk. God's, God's due for a meeting with us in the garden in just a few moments. And after we've walked with him and talked with him, then we'll come back and we'll, We'll tell you what we think. See, that's our problem. 
We're listening to the voice of Satan. We're listening to the voices of this world. We're listening to our own selfish voices. And the interesting thing is that we're quick to respond to those voices. But when it comes to the voice of God, for some reason, we procrastinate. We put it off. The whole idea of developing as a Christian is that you and I learn what it means to say yes to God every time. Yes, Lord. You need to respond and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Look at what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 6.2. For God says at just the right time, I heard you. Just stop for a moment. When you became a Christian, Paul is describing what happened to you. At just the right time, God says, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. That day that you became a Christian is called the day of salvation. Isn't that cool? And we, all of us who are Christians today can talk about the day of salvation, the day we entered into God's kingdom. God says, in that day I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Now, for a lot of people, when they read that, they read that word salvation, they think that it's only referring to the day when they became Christians. But can I explain something to you about salvation? We had this question in our small group notes last week, and I don't know how you did answering that question, but I'm gonna answer it for you now. Salvation is, yes, salvation is making peace with God so that you know that you are a believer, you know that you're a Christian, you know that when you die, you're going to heaven. But salvation is so much more than just becoming a Christian. Salvation, listen to this, salvation is a way of life where you are constantly responding to the God who loves you, who is constantly saving you from your messes. Hello, hallelujah. Anybody in a mess today? Don't put up your hands. The fact is, is that all of us are experiencing, have experienced, will experience, are in the middle of experiencing a mess. And God wants us to learn what it means to hear his voice, to say yes to him, so that those messes become less and less. And so that rather than having a mess, we have a message of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness. God wants to turn your life around, but folks, you're gonna have to learn what it means to start saying yes to God. There can be no procrastination. You can't say to God, I'll catch up with you later. I'll be a Christian later. I'll love you later, God, or I'll obey, obey you later, God. You, you can't say that. James tells us that. You can't, you can't say tomorrow I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna do the other thing. You don't know what a day holds. And in the words of the great prophet, Frank Sinatra, let's forget about tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. You don't know if you've got a tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know if God will be speaking to you tomorrow. You don't know if your heart will even be open to what the Spirit of God wants to say. Today is the day. Right, the right time is now, today. Can you imagine if we treated our spouse in this fashion? Imagine if I said to Gloria, Gloria, I don't have time for you right now. Can you imagine she called me and said, hi, dear, I made you a nice meal. And I said, you know what, I, I don't want to eat that. I'm going next door. I can smell barbecue over there. 
I got Filipino neighbors that know how to cook barbecue, but not as good as Boyette. <laughs> what would happen if I said to Gloria, you know what? Uh, you bore me. I'm tired of you. I want something different. You're horrified at the very thought of that, especially coming from me, because you know how much I love my wife. And yet we do that to God all the time. God, I'm bored with you. I don't have time for you. You prepared this wonderful meal, the word of God, but I don't want to eat that. I want to eat something else. I want to go get choice morsels off of Facebook. I want to see what's happening with Trump. Today, now, we respond to God. We open our ears and our hearts and we say, God, what are you saying to me today? And folks, listen to me, listen to me. If you are not hearing the voice of God, then you need to stop dead in your tracks and do nothing until you're hearing from God again. Because this is what it means to be a believer. When a wife comes to me and says, I'm done, I've had it with my marriage, almost always it's because there's been no communication. Men, for whatever reason, are not the same as women when it comes to communication. I'm going to tell you, when the communication stops, your relationship's over. And when your relationship with God, the communication with God and between you and God is done, then your relationship with God is done. You need to respond today to God. You need to hear God's voice today. You need to be in communion with God. You need to be talking to God. God needs to be talking to you. And you need to be listening to him. Not like the guy who reads his paper and his wife's, rah, 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 rah. he's reading, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. And she, so then she changes her tact and says, I'm buying a new, I'm buying a new car, dear, yes, dear. I'm, buying, I'm going out, I'm going to blow $10,000 on some new clothes, yes, dear. Nothing's a word he's saying, she's saying. Ladies, try that, by the way. <laughs> and then, guys, you can make an appointment for counseling with me. Hey, can you imagine if we treated our parents like that? God, Mom and Dad, I don't have time to listen to you or obey you today. Oh, when I was growing up, that would be the day I'd say that. I'd be writing my will and first, and then I would say, Mom and Dad, I don't have time for you. Oh, and by the way, can I have money and can I borrow the car? Yeah, right. Are you out of your mind? You don't treat your parents like that, and folks, you don't treat God like that. When my mom and dad called me, the right time <laughs> is now. It's today. In fact, I think my parents even said that. When I call, come now. Not tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you this, folks. Listen to this. This is a simple analogy from life. As long as I responded immediately in obedience, I had peace with my father and my mother. Amen? All was well. There was no tension. But I needed to respond now because the right time is now. So here's the thing. If we're going to enjoy rest, then here's what we need to do. We need to obey God now. Rest equals 
Obey God now, today. Not tomorrow, not later, but right on the spot. If the Spirit of God is prompting you, here's what I've discovered over the years. Sometimes I'll be sitting there, I'll be reading a book, and suddenly I'll get a prompting in my spirit. The Holy Spirit's calling me. Come and pray. Come and read. And I'll go, and I've learned how to respond to that and experienced a whole new level in my Christian walk, in my Christian life. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've all of a sudden, you'll be sitting there, all of a sudden the Spirit of God prompts you, go pick up your Bible, get on your knees and pray. Come, come near to me, and God gives us a revelation. Now I share with you, I said, with, I, said I was gonna share you, with you just a few ways that God speaks to us. Because some of you are sitting here today thinking, well, I don't really know what you're talking about, Pastor Alan, when you talk about God speaking and I'm supposed to obey him. I'm, not, I'm supposed to respond to him. But let me tell you four quick ways. These are the four ways I was telling you about, Isaac. Four ways that God speaks and you need to listen. Ready? Are you ready for this? The first thing is that it begins as children. Children, listen to me. And some of you parents, if your kids aren't listening, this will be the time to poke them so that they hear what I'm saying. Ready? Children, you have to obey your parents. Don't tell me that kids are converted or kids have given their lives to Jesus. They don't obey their parents. The evidence that you, your children love God is that they obey their parents. In Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Folks, this is why the Bible puts such a heavy emphasis on parents teaching their children to obey them. Did you get that? We obey God by obeying our parents, by honoring our parents. So it's critical. And I'm going to tell you that the Bible says that it's the one commandment in the Scripture that comes with a promise of God's blessing. So we've got a few kids in the service this morning. And I'm going to tell you, if you guys want the blessing of God in your life, then it begins with obeying your parents. In obeying your parents, you're obeying God. By the way, this is why parents, this is your job to teach your kids how to obey you. And you have to win every single battle. Did you get that? Parents, you have to win every single battle. You can't lose any of them. And if you lose one, then you need to go and do a rematch so that you win it. And here's why. Because their spiritual lives are at stake. Did you get that? If your kids don't learn how to obey you, then guess what? They won't know how to obey their heavenly father. And it's much more difficult obeying a father that you can't see than it is to obey a father that you can't see, a mother that you can't see. And I'm gonna tell you, your kids, if they learn to obey you, then you're gonna find that they are peaceful children. They're at rest. You ever see kids that are miserable, uptight, anxious, squirming, hiding, running, jumping, screaming, mad, hitting their parents? I'm not condemning any parents right now, but I'm going to tell you this, parents, you're going to get that kid's, kid's life under control, not for your sake, believe it or not, but for their sake. Because if your kids learn to obey you, they will learn to obey the Father. And if you don't learn, if you don't teach them how to obey you, then they will have major problems growing up. They will never be at rest. They'll have to learn it the hard way. This makes sense this morning. Critical, critical that we help our kids learn what it means to obey their parents so that they can have rest. They can be at peace. They can be calm. They can be calm children 
rested children, happy children. The second thing is a conscience. Every one of us, whether you are a Christian or not, because you've been created in the image of God, you have a conscience. Paul describes people who uh, are hypocrites and liars. 1 Timothy 4.2, and their consciences are dead. What's happened? You hear people say all the time, people are basically good. No, they're not basically good. But they do know the difference between right and wrong. And every time, they, every time they choose to do what's wrong, they're killing their conscience. Their conscience becomes dead. And consequently, that's how you lose your peace. That's how you lose your sense of rest. Number three is Holy Spirit living. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Did you get that? You and I need to learn what it means to respond to the promptings of the Spirit. And I'm gonna tell you, folks, listen to me. God doesn't just speak to you on Sunday when you come to church and hear a sermon. God wants to speak to you all day long, every day throughout the week. Did you get that? This is what it means to be spirit-led. You're keeping in step with the Spirit. Do you remember the picture I showed you the other day of Jesus who says to him, come and be yoked with me. You're walking with Jesus. You're walking in step with Jesus. You're doing what Jesus wants. You're going where Jesus wants. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come and join me on this walk. Come do it my way, Jesus is saying. All you who are heavy laden and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. This is life in the spirit, responding to him. And number four, God's word. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed, even more happy are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Do you remember what we said faith was? Believe God and do what it says. Believe God and put it into practice. So if you wanna have rest, if you wanna be at peace, if you wanna drive away the dark clouds of depression, oppression, and sadness, and turmoil, and grief and trying to fix life yourself. Come and rest in the presence of Almighty God and allow him to show you what he wants you to do. Learn what it means to say yes because the right time is now. Would you stand with me, please? There's a passage of scripture that I find one of the most terrifying passages in the Bible. I'm gonna share it with you. Jesus says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, wide, and the gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to rest is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. How many of you want rest today? How many want to know the peace of God at work in your life? Now, folks, you're going to have to choose God's way because the wide road, the road that leads to destruction, the road that leads, the broad road that leads to hell, it's all about you doing whatever you want. You don't have to listen to God or anybody else. Just do whatever you want. And the false prophets of that way will say, do what you want, follow your dream, follow your vision. You can have whatever you want. It's God's will for you to be happy and joyful all the time. In fact, it's a theology of fun. 
but it's a theology that ends in destruction. The narrow road, the hard road, the difficult road that leads to rest is all about surrendering your life to God and saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to do it now. Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for what you want to do in our hearts and lives. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would help each one respond in obedience to you. God, there's some here today who have not yet surrendered their lives to Jesus and your spirit is speaking to them right here and right now. God, we ask that today would be the day of salvation, a day of complete surrender to you. Father, for some, there's things you're telling people to do here today, things that you're asking people to do, the people that that we need to share our faith with, people we need to witness to, people we need to tell them about our, about our Jesus, people we need to invite to church, people that, that uh, we need to forgive. And today, right now, God, your spirit is laying heavily upon us the need to obey. So, Father, give us the grace to do that, to obey you and joyfully obey you, joyfully surrender to you. And so we thank you, God, for your spirit who speaks right now. And everyone said it with me. Tell the person.